Hello, and welcome back to the Dub Club, where we are here um, to celebrate and uplift our Lady Jack athletes. Uh, you know, we're all about equity, equality, and inclusion here. And um, we'll just kind of go around today and um, introduce ourselves. But before we get into that, um, I'll let everyone know that we'll be discussing a variety of different things going on in SFA Athletics this week, but a couple of highlights we want to feature. Um, I know beach volleyball got kicked off with some uh, tournaments, as well as softball and golf, tennis, everything's kind of been rocking and rolling. So we're excited. And uh, this week, for sure, we want to highlight and celebrate the Lady Jack basketball team with a special guest. And then we'll have one of our members here go over what we got going on in track and field, because definitely need to highlight some of those individuals and people from that whack indoor. Uh, so first, once again, I'm Vanessa Wilborn. I apologize for the lack of introduction there, but I'm Vanessa. And uh, we also have Amber on. Amber, you want to introduce yourself? Hey guys, Amber here. I'm super excited to have you back with our second episode and special guest and get to talk to you a little bit about my favorite sport, track and field. Yeah, exactly. We are excited. And then next we have up Tiffany. Hey guys, I'm Tiffany Wilburn again. Like Amber said, we're excited to be back and to have our special guest um, who is Kayla Scott. She's our director of basketball operations for SFA Women's Basketball. She works a lot behind the scenes and makes sure things go smoothly. And we have several questions for her. And thanks for joining us, Kayla. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. So first, we were, <laughs> yeah, yeah. First, we want to you, Kayla, on winning, you know, being a part of this team that has clinched the number one seed and we won the WAC regular season uh, championship. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. Sure. Thank you. It's not, it's not easy to do it once and it's definitely not easy to do it two times in a row. So we're really proud of our, our girls and the work that they've put in to make this happen. Uh, yeah. And going from one conference to a brand spanking new one and doing the same exact thing as the previous year, like that's such an achievement. Oh, for sure. Every every conference game that we were playing, a, like a, a true whack team uh, from last year, seemed like a non conference game because it was somebody we hadn't ever seen. Yep. You know, yep. so um, you know it was it was different. Um, it was more challenging, um, but our girls have definitely stepped up and taken on that challenge. And it seems like they've they've enjoyed the new faces. You know, getting to play new teams and not playing. You know, no offense to Nichols, but not playing Nichols for the twentieth time it seems in the last four years. So. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, it's been, it's been good to challenge them. And I think they needed a challenge. Yeah. yeah. They, they responded, right. Undefeated. Not only are we winning the whack, but they're undefeated. That's yeah, amazing. For, yeah, for sure. And I think we're winning games on average of like 19 points a game or something like that in, in whack play. So, um, wow. we're winning, we're, you know, winning at a, a high rate and, you know, really efficiently. And so, um, we've kind of carried that on. It's obviously, it's not the, the 40 points a game that we averaged, um, victory last year in the Southland, but, um, still there's, there's very few teams, if any at all, um, that can say that they are, uh, winning by 19 points a game in conference. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. Shout out to all of our players, 
you know, we admire, we respect them and our, and our coaches, which, in, which include you, Kayla, for sure. Um, since we have you on, I really wanted, we really wanted to ask you some questions about, you know, your job, um, as, uh, director of basketball operations. But first, can you kind of share a little bit about your background and what brought you to SFA? Yeah. So, um, I was born and raised, um, outside of Fort Worth in a town called Azel, um, played basketball and soccer growing up. Um, ended up going to a Division three school um, called Howard Payne in Brownwood, Texas, um, to play. Um, and I was there for four years. Um, and my original plan was to coach and teach math in high school. Um, and Ooh. I went through all the, uh, all the, you know, observation hours, all that good stuff. And I was like, I really do not want to teach. Um, <laughs> I just chose math because that's what I was the best at. Um, and luckily our, um, program to be a secondary math teacher, you were actually a math major. So, um, the education part was kind of like a minor. So I was able to just graduate with a math degree. Um, and then I had one year of eligibility left. So I got uh, my MBA in a full calendar year. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And I, I don't regret my decision at all. Um, and I decided, you know, I'm going to go for this college coaching thing. Like I, I just didn't think it was maybe possible, I guess, um, until I, I kind of got into my junior, senior year and, you know, made some connections. Um, and my, my head coach connected me with um, Western Texas College out in Snyder, uh, middle of nowhere, um, for my first job right out of college. So I was an assistant coach there for a year, was an RA, did a little bit of everything, um, you know, all the laundry, academic advising, kind of had my was thrown into the fire, if I'm being completely honest. Um, so I was able to experience and learn a lot of things just by having to, like being forced to um, really quickly. Um, and then after that, I took a Division II uh, coaching job at Cameron University in Lawton, Oklahoma, um, in the Lone Star Conference. So uh, fun okay. fact, me, um, Coach Bishop, and Coach Kellogg were all in the Lone Star Conference at the same time. So I was at Cameron, oh. Coach Kellogg is at West Texas A&M, yeah, and Coach Bishop was at um, Commerce as an assistant. So we all competed against each other, coached against each other. Yeah, well, that's like breaking news or something. Like, yeah, so that's how that's obviously. That. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously how Coach Kellogg and Coach Bishop knew each other. Uh, Coach Kellogg didn't know me as well, but he, my boss at Cameron and Coach Kellogg, um, have been friends for a long time. Um, ever since Coach Kellogg was at Montana State, and my boss was an assistant at Eastern Washington, so um, they'd known each other for I don't know fifteen years or so. So when he got this job, um, he ended up hiring. I'm one of his former players the first year he was here as a Dobo because she wanted a coach and he wanted to give her a chance to get her foot in the door. Um, and then she got a coaching job after a year. Um, and so then he called me up and um, I apply. I didn't have a job for a year. Um, I kind of just did my uh, 25, I guess, what do you call it? Quarter life crisis a little bit and just <laughs> substitute taught, lived in Germany for two months. Wow. Um, cool. Just, well, it's not yeah. Like we're doing anything, you know, right. I mean, it's your MBA in a year. That's, that's crazy. Amber, I don't know about you, but okay. So Amber and I are both in education and I just learned so much about you knowing that you're a math, you were a math major. <laughs> yeah. That tells you so much about your brain and how you think. And then that you finished your MBA in a year, 
Like, I just, I know so much about you and your personality just from that information <laughs> you shared. Uh, I'm a type dinner. A. Uh, yeah. If you know the any Enneagram, I'm a one. Perfectionist. <laughs> maybe a little OCD. Uh, yeah. And that's what I, that's what I figured out through my division two and JUCO experience, because when you're at that level, you do everything. Yeah. And so, um, I figured out that I, I enjoyed the behind the scenes stuff more than the, you know, on the court coaching. I'm not super high energy all the time. And when you're a coach, you kind of, you have to bring that. If you're expecting right. your players to have that high energy, you got to bring it. So I was like, I want to say I was faking it till I made it, but it took a lot out of me. And I yeah. just went home every night, just exhausted because I was just having to kind of get out of my character a little bit, um, on the court, but I, I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Um, yeah. and most importantly, I learned that, you know, this was my calling and this was my passion. I think that's Ooh. a, that's a theme in your life, Kayla, that you have these really great experiences. And either they're showing you that it's not what you want to do, like doing those observations as an undergrad um, and then, you know, doing all the coaching and seeing what element of coaching, what part of coaching you want to be involved in. That's really awesome. For sure. And I don't I don't know. I can't think of it off the top of my head what the average career changes is in, you know, in a person's life before they hit 40 or whatever it may be. Uh, but I feel like I I'm very fortunate to have figured it out pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, I knew by the time I was. 24 years old, what I wanted to do. And by the yeah. time I was 25, I got that opportunity. And, um, and that, I mean, that could change too. Who knows? In five yeah. years, I'm be like, huh, maybe I want to do this. And I think that's okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's great. Well, that kind of leads us to our second question is, can you, can you, can you explain to us what Adobo actually does and give us like a, you know, maybe like a typical week or day in the life of, um, Kayla Scott. <laughs> <laughs> That's the million dollar question right there. Right. <laughs> I always say, I always say my job, I wake up every morning and my job description is different. Um, I think, you know, that part of your job description that says duties as assigned. Yes. 95% of my job is duties as assigned. I feel like sometimes, but, um, I do all, all our travel, um, the hotels, meals, flights, buses, things like that, which, we might get into it later. We might not, but the buses, I haven't had any issues, issues with buses until the last 72 hours or 48 hours. Um, but yeah, so travel is probably takes up the most of my time. Um, just cause it is very time consuming, but I also do all our equipment. So I order, um, all our shoes, jerseys, gear. So if you see, you know, our girls win new jerseys, I, you know, designed them with help from them. I always give them some insight, but at the end of the day, I have the final say on, you know, what we, what we get. Um, I do all our camps in the summer. So I'm the Mark Kellogg hoops camp coordinator. So I do all of that. Um, we usually have three camps a summer last year we had four. Um, and then let's see what else, uh, booster relations, uh, last year, um, our coach Alvidrez left and she was our person that did all our game scheduling so when she left coach Kellogg asked if I would like to do that and I took that on so I do all our game scheduling so coach Kellogg said you know if we had a really tough schedule this year non-conference especially um yes if we we went into Christmas you know five and ten or whatever it may have been it was my fault so um we we ended up we ended up winning winning games and um having a having a really good non-conference season other than those three slip-ups we had but all against very very good teams so um, we definitely challenged them yeah oh yeah 
very good teams. And I forgot to add when we were talking, you know, about, you know, everything that our team has done this season, we have two new coaches. So not only is, you know, we, not only are we in a new conference, but we, they had to adjust, you had to adjust to having two new coaches on the bench. Yeah. And that before they came, you know, we had the same coaching staff for, I think, it was four years of that five of myself, the three assistants and mm-hmm. um, coach Kellogg. Um, it was four years straight, you know, five with uh, coach Bishop and myself and coach Grayson. And then coach a came in my, my second year, but um, that's, that's rare at this level too, um, to have the same staff um, for that long. And that just shows you yeah. how, you know, successful and the culture that we have that people want to stay. Um, yeah, but they, they obviously yeah. coach Grayson and coach a had great opportunities um, in front of them that they had to take. And so, um, but coach, coach Misa and coach Mills have stepped up and they've, you know, come in and they fit what we want. They bought in from the start. Um, so I don't really feel like that transition was really that difficult at all. Um, but yeah, they've done a great job. You can't feel a difference. You know what I mean? It's, it, mm-hmm. it's, and as an alumni, someone who is there for most of the games and, and cheering y'all on, it, it definitely doesn't feel like any, you know, ha- hasn't skipped a beat. Um, I, if it is appropriate to say, though, we are huge fans of Coach Grayson. She's a good friend of ours. And, you know, we follow her and wish her all the best in her career. And we'll we'll keep following her wherever oh, she for sure. yes. lands next. Um, let's see, Vanessa, can you think of anything to ask Kayla? Yeah, I know we've kind of go, gone over a little bit of the season so far, and, and you mentioned a little bit about the travel. Uh, you've had some hiccups here in the last 72 hours. <laughs> you care to share? <laughs> um, long story short, Thursday, we're supposed to leave at three o'clock to go to Sam Houston. Um, and I get an email, not a call, an email saying that our bus has broken down on its way to from Houston to pick us up. And that uh, it was going to be, um, it wasn't going to arrive till like four fifteen, four thirty, and we were supposed to, we needed to leave at three. We played at six thirty, so I'm I'm you know calling around trying to figure out how to solve this problem, and end up we rent two Sprinter vans and an eight passenger van from the school. <laughs> I'm the only one come to find out that's van certified to drive. No. So thirty minutes before we're supposed to leave, I get um, a football coach, Chris Smith. Shout out Chris Smith and our <laughs> academic advisor, Sean Whittinghill, shout out yes. Sean, um, to take us to drive two of them to Sam Houston and back that night. So uh, they got to get in the locker room and celebrate with us and everything. So they they kind of got their little reward for it. But um, so that happened. And then Friday morning, we're supposed to be leaving at 1145 to go to Abilene. Uh, yes. Good old five and a half, six hour drive. Yes. And my manager texts me. She's waiting on the bus. My manager texts me and says, hey, Kayla, I don't think all of her stuff is going to fit on this bus. It's small. So I call her right away. I'm like, what do you mean it's small? She goes, it's, it's like a, a 32-seater. I'm no. like, what? So I call the bus company and, you know, I'm just, you know, what what's going on? Why do we have a 32-seater? Well, that's all we have, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, you need to let me know that because now I have, it's 1140 at this point. So now I have five minutes to try to solve this problem. Yes, we may only have 27 people traveling with us, but we all have a bag and this bus had no storage. We all have a bag. We have five equipment bags. We have water. We have snacks. We have medical equipment, all this stuff. So I end up Mm. renting another Sprinter van 
a driving it myself with all my managers, support staff, and all our equipment in the back of it um, to Abilene on Friday. And everybody else is on this 32-seater. The door doesn't close. It's cold. <laughs> it's loud. Um, there's it's music playing. Funny, yeah, it, it was it was quite the disaster. But um, okay. we, I mean, hey, we got the win. That's all that matters. And yeah. I got a bus to pick us up from Abilene and drive them back. Um, a, a full-size bus to pick us up from Abilene. So I ended up driving that Sprinter van back yesterday. Um, but I've, oh, I've, I calculated I've driven 22 hours since Tuesday because uh, I had to go home on Tuesday for a, a family a funeral. So I went all the way back to Fort Worth and back on Tuesday, all the way to Huntsville and back on Thursday, and then all the way to Abilene and back on yesterday, or on Friday and Saturday. But Needless the winds make it all worth it. have an eight-to-five job. Your job is not eight to five. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not traditional at all. No, but no. I, wow. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps you on your toes. You have to be a problem mm-hmm. solver. Think on your feet. Yep. Well, the crazy part about this bus stuff is I've never in six, I've been here six years, never had an issue with bus. And then back to back days, we have issues. Issues. So hopefully that gets it out for the next 10 Ooh, well, the next, the final two games are at home. Yes. <laughs> oh, we just got to get to the airport next Tuesday to get to Vegas. So, right, right, exciting. Um, so I kind of, I, I think Coach Kellogg was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and mm-hmm. he had brought up something that, um, actually Vanessa and I had talked about before I had listened to the podcast and his interview. And, you know, we, we all talk about Steph and Zaya and Ayana a lot because, you know, they're just, they're just the ones that, you know, get, get a lot of attention and they're killing it every night. And, but V and I were kind of talking about, you know, Brie um, and uh, our, our point guard and also T about how they have just really seemed to step it up. I don't think Brie, personally, this is Tiffany's opinion, I don't think Brie gets enough accolades as she should. She is all over that court. She's fast. Ooh, like she is so impressive. Can you speak a little bit about what Brie and T have done, you know, this season? Or, or Vanessa and I just off the mark here. We just think they need to be shouted out more. <laughs> no, no, for sure. I, I agree. They... You know, they're the engine that makes us go. Those two are high energy all the time. Um, if you've seen Cheer, that show Cheer, Jerry, T is our Jerry. Yeah. Like, yeah. she is loud in practice. She's constantly encouraging. She's so thoughtful. She's just a good human being. Um, and Bree Mitchell is the same way. And they just, they demand excellence out of their teammates. But they're also going to make sure they're the hardest workers out there. So they're not asking anything of their teammates that they're not going to do themselves. Um, but no, I, I, I agree, you know, both of them defensively, especially they put a ton of pressure on the other team's guards. Um, they, they wear them out. You know, we always say if the other team is missing shots that they usually make, it's probably because we've been pressing them and we're, we've sped them up and they're tired because of mm -hmm. those two. And of course the others, Angel and Dez and Tyler and everybody else that comes off the bench. Um, but we have a a defensive identity and they definitely take on that identity. Um, they don't yeah, have to score sure. for us to win, um, but they do so many other things that don't show up on yeah, the stat right. sheet. Um, exactly. I think that that's was a, that that's what we were thinking, you know. And you have to see it. You have to watch the game to appreciate mm-hmm. it. Because if you just look at the stat sheet, 
it's not going to show up. But if you watch the game and see how high energy they are, I, I think both with Bree and T and T was coming off the bench, but of course she had to become a, a starter due to AB and, you know, some other things going on, but man, T just really brings a lot of energy to the game in, in my opinion. And I love to watch her. You know, yes, Kayla, something does. you said was that Bree's such a hard worker. And I just have to say that um, Bree was my student in the education department and that work ethic definitely transfers over into the classroom um, I know some kids who she was their student teacher and they are so in love with her that she is high energy in the classroom and the gym with them. And so shout out to Bree and to Bree's mom, who was so much fun to sit in front of at the game last week and, and listen to her coach Bree too. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a great young lady and just really fun to be around and always joking, always, you know, making you smile. You know, every time I give them their per diem, this is one thing about Brie. Every time I give them their per diem envelope, they're like, oh, she, she always says, oh, I got five more dollars. <laughs> like always like says, Kayla gave me five more dollars. And I'm like, every time you say that and the girls are always, you know, they know she's joking, but it's just, that's just kind of shows a little bit of her personality. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, kind of to wrap things up, you know, you know, the purpose behind our podcast, we've been in communication with you before. How can us as alumni, as fans, as a community, as a school, how can we support um, your, the women's basketball team even more? How can we support women's sports at SFA anymore? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yes. And I mean, this is something I'm very passionate about and you guys know that. And it's not even us. It's just women's sports in general at SFA, across the country, across the world. Um, I'm a huge U.S. women's soccer fan. So seeing them finally get, you know, their equal pay deal figured out. um, It's huge. Yeah. And I think that's just, you know, that's just anything that brings it to the forefront and gets people's attention is good attention. Um, I think. For us at SFA, you know, Ryan Ivey says this all the time, buy season tickets. Even if you can't come, buy season tickets, give them away, you know, bring somebody with you Um, because that money goes back to our programs. And the fact about, you know, college athletics is you have to have money to be able to be successful. And that's just part of it. Um, And some teams that, you know, have more resources than others, a lot of times they are more successful. And, you know, money doesn't win games. You can win games without money, but it, it doesn't hurt, obviously. Um, and then just just showing up. Just show up. No matter what sport it is, whether it's women's basketball, whether it's men's basketball, or not men's basketball, whether it's beach volleyball, you know, right. just show up and, you know, support and be there. Um, and, you know, a lot of people speak about it, but they don't act on it. You know, if you're going to speak about it, be about it. And that's one of my big things. Um, I'm never going to, you know, say, oh, go support this team and then not show up myself. Um, right. You know, just be there. It's it's really not that hard, especially if you live here and nearby. It's really not that hard to go at two o'clock on a Saturday. Like, what are you doing at two o'clock on a Saturday when you live in Nacogdoches? <laughs> you know, right. go exactly. watch the best team and, you know, arguably one of Absolutely. the top three teams in Texas play basketball. Mm-hmm. And bring your kids, boys, girls, like. I don't know how many like, you know, people that I see bring their sons to our games like that. Mm-hmm. That starts it right there. Your daughters right. and your sons, you know, when they see and they know 
hey, these girls are awesome. And I, you know, I see it with our coaches, kids, um, first off, like, um, coach Bishop, Bishop's son and coach Kellogg's son, and they'll wear, you know, our girls jerseys to the game. And that's huge. There was Mm -hmm. a group of, I think it was Erica Tolar brought her son's middle school basketball team to our game and they're sitting there right in the front and they're cheering and they're into it because basketball is basketball. Um, I don't think it matters what gender it is. You know, it it kind of frustrates, frustrates me sometimes when I see, you know, a team in men's March Madness that doesn't dunk at all. I can't remember who it was, Loyola Marymount or something like, or Loyola Chicago. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, it's so good, refreshing to watch a team that just plays without having to dunk and they're exciting. And I'm like, watch women's yeah. basketball. That's every game, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, I think the people that truly know basketball know the value in women's basketball um, and the skill level and the IQ and just the game strategy. Because um, a lot of times there, we don't have players that we can just say, hey, here you go, give it to so-and-so and let's see what happens. You know, there ha- right. there's a strategy mm-hmm. around it. And that's, that's beautiful to watch in my opinion. And so I think if people just give it a chance, um, I think they'll, they'll be pleasantly surprised. And I, I think, I think we're heading in that trajectory. hopefully, you know, nationally. I remember last year I was trying to pull up the stat for, um, According to ESPN, that national championship of women's basketball with number one Stanford and number three Arizona, they averaged 4.1 million viewers and peaked at 5.9 million, which was the most watched national championship since 2014. And then I know, Tiff, you had mentioned to me earlier that um, the NCAA sold out at spots for the women's basketball mm-hmm. March Madness. So um, hopefully, you know, if we continue to have people go out and watch those games, you know, they can sit at home and, and watch them during March Madness or, you know, head out to the March Madness games themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for sure. that That's the support. That's really what we're here for. Yeah. And there's a market for it. And I think I saw, um, you know, when you there speak is. about the ads mm-hmm. in the past, you couldn't just buy ad space for women's basketball March Madness tournament you had to buy like a package that included you know the baseball world series or whatever I'm not exactly sure what the other things were but you couldn't just buy ad space for women's basketball like you could for the men and them selling out already shows that there is a market and a a desire for exactly more attention with that um and I, I, th- I think the other day, I think it was UCLA was playing Florida State or something in softball. And it was just a regular season non-conference game. And it was the highest yeah. watched softball game since 2015. Ooh. Yeah, so I mean, it's not just women's basketball. It's every sport. I, I, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure more people watch the softball World Series than they do the baseball World Series. And again, mm-hmm. you know, the softball teams do not get any of that kickback money, just like we don't for women's basketball that men's teams get for March Madness. You know, there is no return on that investment to the teams. So that's another step that needs to be taken. Absolutely. We should get dividends for that, you know? Right. For sure. And honestly, Kayla, thank you for bringing that to our attention. I didn't know that before this year, the ads ads had to be a package. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That that's a lot of information and it speaks to a lot of inequity inequity you know as well no i remember that softball the ucla uh softball game all over social media and people were saying that was the best game they had ever seen in february so that's crazy well and they i mean you know you have to spend money to make money 
So yep. if, if you're going to, and you have to put money into marketing and that that's been the issue, you know, they always say, well, women's sports don't make any money, blah, blah, blah for the right. NCAA. Well, you're not putting any money into it for it to be able to make money. You got to put money into something for it to yep. make money. And that's, you know, hopefully they'll see, okay, we finally put ad money, marketing money into March Madness. We can finally call it March Madness on the women's side. We weren't able to call it March Madness till this year with all this equity right. stuff that happened after the tournament. And yeah, it, it sucks that we had to go through that and that other teams had to go through that last year um, in San Antonio. And But it brought everything to light on a, a bigger scale. Yeah. And there's Thank issues you. in other sports too. So hopefully it just yeah. keeps coming to light. It change keeps, you know, I, I think we're making uh, steps in the right direction. So that's, yeah. that's definitely refreshing to see. Yeah, I think so too. Definitely. Um, Kayla, thank you so much for joining us. Definitely. Yeah. What you do with your job is helping in that regard. And, and we hope that what we're doing with this podcast and as fans, we're, we're helping in, in some minuscule way as as well. So thank you. Thank you so much for joining the Dub Club for this episode. Go Ooh. get some rest. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for uh, having me. And I'm so glad you guys are doing this. And if you ever need help with anything, you know, you can always reach out. Bye, we Kayla. Will. For sure. For sure. Thanks, Thanks Kayla. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See y'all this week. Yes. yes for sure. All right. Cool. <laughs> Yes, we'll be there Saturday for sure. Bye. Definitely. Perfect. All right. Bye. 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 Uh, she really I love is. her. And so she's just so great. You guys. She's, I mean, I know she said yeah. she's not high energy, but um, yeah. just talking to her. Yeah. yeah she is. That passion comes out way. and students, mm-hmm. student athletes respond to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck I respond to it. So. Yes, yes. Same. It gets me like, I want to just like solve all of the inequity problems right now today. Yes. It's Sunday at 439. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, um, do you want to talk about track and field for a few minutes? We're going to have a bigger podcast next week where we get more in yeah, depth. Absolutely. So um, we us? participated, SFA participated in their first indoor championship as members of the WAC conference. It was held in Albuquerque, and that's a really important note because, you know, we're over here at sea level, below sea level. Albuquerque has an altitude of 5312, so above 5,000 feet sea level. So you're going to see some changes uh, in running ability, oxygen levels, and so it's really important to think about that. But both our men's and women's competed really well. Um, They both ended up second in our very first time to compete in the WAC. So second for the men, second for the women, nothing to hang our heads about at all. Um, there were some some really interesting moments. Wow. I was super excited at the pro- uh, the broadcast of the indoor championship. So um, being in the Southland has been hard um, on sports like track and field and cross. And that was not the case with the WAC. They had a really yes, great broadcast. And so my family and I were able to sit and watch and um, there's some really interesting stories I'm excited to talk about next week. Um, coaches might not be as excited. There were some injuries that were really random, some things I've never seen in all of my years around track and field. Um, but just to highlight some of the exceptional races, um, the women, they ended up a 400-meter gold. The 4 by one relay took the gold as well. 
uh, we had, again, uh, some women who I think really just went into the finals to try and earn some team points and help out the team, but weren't physically really ready for that after facing some injuries, unfortunately. On the men's side, we set a new school record in the mile. Mm -hmm. And school records, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, are a big deal to me. I think that's amazing that if we think about D1 running, that you can set a school record in 2022, right? And at altitude, pretty amazing. The men also had a gold in the 400, a gold in the 200, and we won the four by one relay as well. So we had, yeah, we had lots of successes and I'm super excited to get an athlete on next week and some track and field guests and to talk about their success and their travels and all the things that are happening and, and track and field. Um, as they start to transition to outdoor track now. So super excited for next week to talk a little bit more about track and field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think in, I think GCU took first They they sort of ran away with it. Correct. Um, You know, um, on a site, Sarah Hall, who is a phenomenal Olympian, her daughter runs for GCU. They've got some, some great, They've got a great depth in their program as far as track and field go. And as Kayla said, it takes money to make money, you know, takes money to do things. And GCU's got a lot of money. They do. They do. And they got money. Yeah. But I I think for us, you know, to be as competitive as we were the first year really speaks volumes to the type of athletes that we have. Absolutely. And I'm I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm convinced that without some of those injuries, we would have won. Um, there were some key injuries happening that, that really prevented it. So, mm-hmm. Especially the women, the women's side. Yeah. 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 So stay I think tuned that's a true testament. Um, sorry. I didn't mean to overlap you there. Uh, okay. But I, I think that's a true testament to, like y'all said, to the athletes, you know, uh, as we mentioned with the women's basketball coming from the Southland yeah. to the WAC, new competition, new level of, of individuals you're going up against and they're holding up, you know, um, mm-hmm. to the point where it's, yes, they are amazing athletes. They were recruited for a reason and, um, they, yeah, absolutely. they're going to <laughs> and phenomenal track coach, um, and well-known and he has got that team doing a lot of wonderful things. And we certainly didn't walk in scared at the indoor conference. No, Not at all. Yeah. So I'm super excited for next week and we'll get to dive into that a little bit more and hear some, some firsthand accounts of the meet. Yes. Um, So I believe that is all we have for today. Uh, Thanks to everyone for listening. We appreciate, you know, the support to all of those out there who are following us. Uh, Continue to follow us on the twitter.com. Our app is the dub club two one or the dub club 21. Uh, We'll post our links to listen to the podcast there um, in the works of making sure that we can post it to other, you know, individual places to, to, um, 
hear and listen to. Um, thanks again to Kayla Scott for coming on and speaking with us and, you know, Tiff and Amber for being our amazing panelists as well. So next week we'll continue to spotlight the track and field and what they're doing with indoor. And like Amber said, transitioning to outdoor, uh, give an update more on what we got going on with women's basketball, how softball is doing, you know, there's so many games they got going on. It'd be yeah. uh, remiss for us not to mention. <laughs> and then as well as uh, the rest of our Lady Jacks in tennis, bowling, yeah, and golf. Yeah, and beach as well. Yes, I'm so excited. Uh, fingers crossed, you know, maybe we could get something um SFA to to stream somehow so we can watch. If not, you know, figure out who who can do us a little live <laughs> recording or something. So um, that's really all we got for the day. Once again, thanks to everyone for coming out, and we'll we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. So, bye, bye, Axum.